Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. Well, today you only get Lou Weiss because Tim Grady is off being a grandpa for the second time in two weeks. So we gave him the day off, and I'm, uh, I'm handling, handling the uh, flagship here. Uh, so being that he's uh, the usual guy up front, you'll have to make all kinds of excuses for me. That being said, uh, we have an interesting conversation today with uh, Ergonomics International, and we have uh, Mark Heidenbrecht and Sam Bradbury to talk about uh, the things that they're doing in, in the uh, issues of uh, ergonomics, naturally. So, uh, Mark, welcome aboard. Hi, Lou. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. So give us a little insight into what Ergonomics International is. Sure, Lou. Um, Sam and myself are both board-certified ergonomists, human factors professionals. And um, Ergonomics International, we provide a a lot of um, different variety of services, um, ranging from on-site risk and physical demand analysis, forensic analysis, um, we also offer um, different different software services solutions such as uh, evidential based risk analysis and physical demand analysis. And recently, we've modified some of our our other software tools um, to provide a tool um, around the the COVID nineteen outbreak pandemic um, that allows us to uh, uh, safely return workers back to the workplace uh, safely and efficiently. Uh, I really should have asked my my first uh, question. I first should have asked you to define for our audience uh, ergonomics. Sure, um, ergonomics is one of those one of those um, professions, if you will, that's a little misunderstood. I think there are a lot of people that say they do ergonomic analysis. Um, uh, being 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 board certified is um, there's only one internationally recognized certification in the United States um, for ergonomics, and uh, that is the BCPE, and they are recognized by the IEA. And one one interesting thing that a lot of people don't realize is 89% of all board-certified ergonomists have a PhD in um, psychology. And what they look at, yeah, what they look at is information processing decision making so that cognitive component of ergonomics is actually much larger than the physical which most people think of when they think of ergonomics mm-hmm. so it's a, a very specified uh, industry and poorly understood i'm not sure i even understand it after you explained it but that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> so what what's the story What's the story about uh, ergonomics? What's your uh, uh, theme? What's your plan? Uh, what do you do? Well, well um, I'll, 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 I throw that out. Right. 
Is that Sam? That was that was Sam. Yep. <laughs> okay. So part Whoever's of what we up. do is yeah, part of what we do is actually um, we work with employers on what we call physical ergonomics, which is probably typically what most people understand ergonomics as, and that is looking at the form, fit, and function of the human with the um, machine or the environment or the workplace that they're in. And, you know, the lowest, lowest end of this is and probably what most people are seeing right now is home ergonomics, and that is, you know, their desk heights and that kind of thing. But Mark and I actually spend a lot of our time in industry, and we actually work with employers on um, looking at workflows and looking at efficiencies and productivity and quality measures and error reduction so that quality goes up. So ergonomics covers a lot of different areas rather than just what you might hear in um, either a catalog or a TV ad where ergonomics is just thrown out there as, as a term to get people to look at the you know, the tool or the device or the, the chair, and that's not really what, what we specify. We actually work with form, fit, function of the human in its interaction with the machine. You uh, are spending a, a lot of time and uh, effort in your company with regard to uh, COVID-19. Uh, would you like to give us uh, an insight into this uh, in, in the hopeful aspect that we will all be coming back soon. So the C CBID remote ergonomic solution for manufacturers. Give us a little insight into how that's going to work for those who are coming back online. Well, partly what, sure. we, what we did is to actually look at the human factors piece of returning to work. And then when OSHA issued its guidance documents, we said, we've got to help our employers to actually be able to not only get people back to work, but keep them at work safely and to allow them to document, which I think is going to become a very important aspect of this whole process as right. people become a, back to the workplace is documenting that they are, number one, continuing to be safe and that they're safe getting to and staying at work. So that's part of the, the, the EMS, the COVID EMS system that we've created so far. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there are specific industries that you've been involved with, uh, one of which I believe is the uh, meatpacking industry. Yeah, I, I, this is Mark, and I spend a lot of time in food processing in general, um, specifically meat processing. And, um, it, you know, returning, returning back to industry in general is, is challenging. I think returning back to food processing and and specifically meat processing is even has additional challenges just because of social distancing issues and those sorts of things. And so sure. Sam and I created the software so that, um, you know, it, it really does, does multiple things. One, um, when Sam and I look at, look at, look at an issue, we look at, you know, where, where could error occur? And if you really want to summarize ergonomics is looking at the prevention of human error. And so in many situations, and I've been going to facilities throughout this pandemic, facilities are gathering temperature for employees, but no one's logging those temperatures. No one's keeping track of those so that we can start to show trending and maybe use some leading indicators so we don't have to wait till the person has a, a, a high-grade fever. We can maybe catch that earlier in the process. So this one of the one of the features of the system that allows us to 
gather that temperature off-site just with a, a simple QR code in a mobile phone or tablet or computer so that the employee doesn't necessarily have to run the risk of contaminating other individuals at the workplace to find out they have a temperature. A lot of, uh, I think, that what uh, we're talking about is that, uh, in, particularly in the larger companies, uh, in terms of an ergonomic program and an assessment as to uh, where your company is at. Uh, so am I correct in that, that we're talking about maybe mid to larger type corporations? Uh, not necessarily. Sam and I spend, spend a lot of time in large corporations, but I'd say equal amount of time in, in the small small companies as well and mid-size. Is that right? Um, I, yeah, well, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a so lot of part, you, part of this whole duck. Sorry, step on you. No, go ahead. So when you ask your question about small and medium-sized businesses, I mean, one of the things that we had to really think about when we were creating this tool is we have large clients and, and you know, they're, they're doing things on their own, but there's a lot of small businesses and small manufacturers out there that aren't as in, in tune to what's happening and what needs to be done. And so we actually tried to create something that was inexpensive for them, but will give them the capacity or the capabilities of a larger organization. Well, being that I think the number of uh, small versus large companies is 80% small and 20% large. So let's talk about the, the little guy. What is your tool or program directly affect? Because you're right about uh, one thing in particular is that people know they know their business. They know how to make things. They don't necessarily know what's going out in the real world out there that are affecting them, and uh, they really need the outside uh, input and influence of organizations such as yourself uh, because they don't have the time for it. They they know how to make uh, cobble shoes, but they don't know all the other things that are going on in their industry outside of their purview. Absolutely, so, Lou. I, yeah, absolutely. I um. I had a colleague that when I first started consulting back in uh, for myself and started my own company in 19, 1998, I had a colleague that said, do what you do well and let some of, someone else do the stuff that you don't do well. And I've, I've always tried to keep true to that and that I'm a good ergonomist. Let, let, let me do that. I'll let someone else do some of the other stuff. And to your point, right. I think a lot of people are very good at making the product they make, but this is a new animal we're dealing with with this pandemic, and um, and and how we how we navigate through being off work, but then how we navigate bringing people back to the workplace safely. And so, I mentioned being able to gather temperatures off site. That's just the one one aspect. The other is once you get to the work site, OSHA provided a guidance document um, several weeks ago stating that this is what's expected from a social distancing, a barrier, um, and, and uh, process. And so OSHA has kind of made this a, work, a workplace illness and injury issue as well. And right. so one, one, yeah, one of the features that the software allows you to do is, and this is, you know, this whole pandemic is, is really a combination of people taking responsibility for their own actions as well. 
So it's it's about making processes and yeah, making processes efficient and reducing exposure, but it's also about people taking that personal responsibility. And so one of the features that the, the software allows you to do is with a simple QR code on a mobile phone or a tablet, once you get your workstation, you can identify, do I have the proper PPE that I need? Do I have my face mask? Has it been provided? Or, you know what, shoot, I forgot it at home. Hit a checkbox, and it'll immediately email a supervisor or EHS professional to let them know, hey, I don't have that. It'll ask you, do you have social distancing in place? If so, great. If not, it'll say, is there a barrier if you don't have social distancing? So for those meat processing facilities where you have people in, in fairly tight quarters just because of the layout of lines, you may not be able to have social distancing, but we can have those barriers. And so it allows the individual at the beginning of the shift to identify, do I have everything that I need to do safely, my job safely, throughout the shift? This is uh, this is great because it's a, it's a great way to control the flow of what needs to be done to be uh, protecting your staff and your uh, work uh, work group. Um, that, that's very cool. Uh, and the other gather- the other thing that yeah the other thing that it does is I think this is the the most important piece though is it provides that documentation because. If OSHA would cite, it would be cited under their general duty clause. And in order for them to cite under their general duty clause, you have to show negligence. And so if you can show as a company that you're doing everything you need and can to keep people safe, you know, we can't help that this is a very contagious, you know, bug that's out there. But if we can show that we've, we've gone to these measures to keep people safe, and if we do have an outbreak, we can at least show the documentation that we've done our part to try to keep the our workers safe. Right, right. That's, that's a very interesting point, and I'm sure there are many lawyers that hate you uh, for, <laughs> for coming up with this idea uh, because they love they love class action suits. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, well, and, and, yeah, and the other piece that it does as well is is from the sanitation and, and hygiene perspective. And so right. if you if you want to make sure that a door handle that leads to the cafeteria is clean before and after break, um, you can go through and set the alarms and then just use a QR code. So when sanitation walks by, they scan the code, and it will immediately log that. And if an area has not been cleaned in a specified time, then it will actually send an alert to let people know that, hey, this door handle has been missed or this hallway has been missed or this workstation was missed. We need to get someone over there to go through the sanitation efforts and then provide the log of that as well so you can show that, hey, not only have we provided the PPE, the social distancing, the barriers, we also have this cleaning structure in place. So let me ask you, uh, do you ever get any comments uh and, and if you you didn't, and I am, I, I'm not surprised at myself. Um, the, the question is that uh, have you gotten any pushback from uh, people about Big Brother is watching you? No. No, so the that, thing, though, that we have done is we've, there are no names tied to any of this information. And so the person okay, so is only identified – yeah, the person is only identified – by their employee ID number. And so um, there is no name associated with any of the data that's put in. 
Everything is done by employee ID number, and it would actually take someone like in human resources or the, or the plant nurse to be able to match up names to employee ID numbers because we don't keep that data in our system. And so, um, you know, it really is a secure system, and we're just asking. And so basically, you know, as long as, as everyone has what they need at the facility and there are no temperatures, there are no flags and no one would be investigated. If a person right. came up with right. a high temperature, at that point they could say, okay, who is this, you know, 1556 person, look them up and say, yeah. hey, let's, yeah. let's keep an eye on them. So it's not like you didn't think about this in developing this program about the possible pushback of privacy. Correct. Right. In right. fact, in fact, HIPAA was HIPAA and ADA were considered when we when we actually designed this because Mark and I do so much of that work, and there are some new standards coming around the HIPAA. Obviously, with the collection of data, most employers are actually doing temperatures on site at this point in time, so that part had to be adjusted. However, some of the new HIPAA legislation that I've seen actually is around those individuals who have tested positive, which then places them not only into HIPAA area, but also under ADA. So that information would then be translated only to the healthcare practitioner on the site if, that's, if they have someone, or to whoever that employer designates that information can privately go to. Uh, that's, uh, that's quite incredible, and it seems as though that Ergonomics International is uh, a company who is uh, there on the spot when we need them. Uh, because obviously uh, a lot of the information you've been talking about is is an un, un, uncomfortable but yet necessary stream of data and analytics to help protect our uh, manufacturing group and uh, our population perhaps as a whole. Well, Absolutely. I think that's part of what human factors are all about. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, I part of what we deal you. with is it, well, part of what we deal with is in prevention. I mean, we're trying to right. look ahead to prevent people from making error and getting injured, and this is just another tool that we thought would be beneficial. Sure thing. To, sure to, give, thing. to, to give an example of um, to give an an example, one thing that Sam and I have learned in in doing this research and putting this tool together is that the um, the the average temperature of most individuals is actually below what people consider normal. The average temperature, is what we've found, has been around that 90, 97 um, mark. And so we actually might be able to use, for, for many individuals, a temperature of 98.6 may actually be a leading indicator that, hey, this person might be getting sick. And so because right. we can actually right. trend, trend this data, it allows us to use those leading indicators so we don't have to wait for a full-blown case to start maybe mm -hmm. self-isolating or such. Yeah. Uh, I myself, uh, to your point, uh, my normal temperature is 97.5. At 99, which is just a little bit over the considered normal, I'm feeling not too well. You know, and the interesting thing, Lou, What's that? is most the interesting thing is, is most companies that we've talked to um, who are doing thermal scans or doing um, temperature checks are actually saying that most of their people are coming into that 97.4 range, 97.5. Right. So, right. and I'm like you, I actually run a lower temperature than most, and if I get to 99, I feel miserable. 
That's right. That's right. That's like a hundred or a hundred and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's a, it's an interesting point. And yet when you talk to people, oh, no, it's my normal temperature, 98.6, but that's not really true. Uh, gentlemen, before before we wrap this up, uh, is there any particular point that we left out that you want like to get out to our listeners? Well, you know, probably the, 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 co- the cost is one. Right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to mention just like, what Sam said: the cost, and that you know we really developed this this tool for large companies that we worked with, but priced it for small businesses that we worked with. Um, you know, I think um, in, in this pandemic, we're, we're both small business owners and, um, you know, luckily, knock on wood, survived uh, this pandemic of being, you know, without work for, for a couple of months and limited on-site time. But we built this product to help the large companies we work with. They're priced it at basically $199 a month um, that even a small business could afford um, to, to, you know, ensure they can return their workers safely and be able to, to use those leading indicators in case an outbreak does occur now or later in the fall. Uh, I would strongly recommend that you give our listeners your uh, contact information, either email or website or whatever. Absolutely. You can you reach, reach us, us at ergonomic. Um, <laughs> Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> How are you going, Sam? You're good. <laughs> you, you, you reach us at www ergonomicsinternational.com and you can that's our main website if you just put a backslash EMS on that you'll find the information on the COVID EMS the employer management system okay that's well uh, gentlemen thank you very much for joining us today it's uh, it's interesting that the things that you're doing are one necessary uh, and maybe it wasn't as necessary when you started this but certainly today with the COVID uh, virus 19, it seems as though that uh, uh, this is a very timely time for you. So I want to just thank uh, you, Sam, and uh, uh, Roger to join us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Sure thing. Being that uh, Tim is off being a grandpa and using uh, two and Two in, a, uh, in two weeks as an excuse not to be on the show, uh, I'm left to tell you and remind you that uh, Manufacturing Talk Radio is on every uh, Tuesday uh, afternoon. Uh, it's now part of Jacket Media Co., which is a uh, umbrella network for the six manufacturing slices of manufacturing that we have uh, presently. So if you would like to uh, join us, either manufacturingtalkradio.com or Jacket Media Co., or uh, we also have uh, Manufacturing Outlook Easing. This is uh, roughly a 50-page publication. It's got a lot of information about the outlook. So it's manufacturing outlook, and there's uh, all the industries: uh, aerospace industry, machinery industry, uh, drone industry, whatever the industry that we're talking about. It's there. It's interesting. We have guest writers, and we're also always looking for guest writers. So if you have a story to tell, we'd like to hear it. And uh, thank you for joining us. 
at Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.